Roman, let's do this. It's stage 16 of the Tour de France. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman! Welcome back, Roadman, to another Roadman Cycling Tour de France podcast. Feeling energized, feeling pumped from the rest day. How is everybody getting on? Ping me over on Instagram and let me know how you're getting on. How's the training going at the moment? You're clocking up the kilometers. It's on roadman.cycling. Stage 16 and we're heading back into the medium mountains. I'd call it a little bit of a amuse-bouche and aperitif before the main course tomorrow and the next day where the GC boys are going to go to battle. Today, I wouldn't have fancy racing it when I was racing Ross as the national stage race here in Ireland. What used to always crack me was the neutralised start at the beginning of the stages. And today we had one hell of a neutralised start. We had over 20 kilometres straight downhill off the start. That poses a real clothing problem one of the last things i always used to do before you know heading out the door from the hotel it's just checking my teammates going what are you wearing what are you wearing make sure i haven't completely misjudged the weather misjudged the day and 20 kilometers straight downhill and then we stop and start a cat 2 climb the downhill is neutralized then obviously the cat 2 climb is where the racing starts officially so you're getting changed into one set of almost winter kit straight out of the hotel freezing cold into this downhill in Andorra in the rain and then you're stopping and you're racing up a cat too thankfully the Tour de France organizer ASO for once showed a little bit of common sense and instead of 200 lads trying to undress themselves simultaneously and ferry kit back to the car they just decided you know what we'll just stop and let everybody change out with our winter kit and into their racing kit so that's what they do on 20k downhill stop the race let lads get changed and then they started the race on the cat two climb Hard to talk about today's stage uh, without mentioning uh, the death of Fabio Casertelli, who tragically lost his life on the call the Porta Aspe uh, when riding for US Postal back in the tour a number of years ago. And anytime we go over these iconic climbs like Mont Ventoux, we remember Tom Simpson. On the call the Porta Aspe, we remember Fabio Casertelli and we tip the cap and we spill out a drink for him. And yeah, he's one of the good lads and he'd be sadly missed by teammates, friends and family and uh, you know, it's a dangerous ascent at the best of times, but Fabio Casertelli will be in all the peloton's mind today, and especially because it was a wet descent going down there, so you could see there was extra vigilance. And we all know that the day after a rest day, it can be tricky. We speak about this from time to time. That we're like a... Is it one of Newton's laws, a thing in motion stays in motion? Don't exactly know how that one goes, but it's we're we're like beings that like consistency and when we're riding five hours five hours six hours five hours six hours day after day and then you're just stop the body is crazy crazy resilient and i've seen this on when i've raced six seven eight day stage races you'll be fine you'll get through stage six stage seven stage eight you'll have fatigue you'll take a rest on the monday and then you'll go to ride on the tuesday and you will be absolutely wrote off you're sick sore throat body's shut down you're getting injuries you didn't even notice your body is in survival mode and it will get you through those back-to-back days 
but as soon as you stop and you take a rest the body thinks it's time to recover and it shuts down that system that kept us running all those other days so what the tour lads do to combat this is they ride on rest days to make the to give that consistent signal so the body knows no we're still in the battle we're still in the fight it's not time to recover yet so a lot of riders will have different rest day protocols. Very few riders take a complete day off now. Most guys ride, some guys ride quite hard on a rest day, especially the GC guys. Like we remember the story of Christian van der Velde a few years ago. Well, it's a bit more than a few years ago now. I'm showing my age. It was probably 2012, 2011, but he was pushing for a podium on GC. And the day after a rest day just absolutely crumbled. And he came out afterwards and saying he actually took the day off and the body just shut down. So anyway, back to today's stage. We had a group of 14 riders and they foraged up the road and they cooperated quite well. But one man was just, he was too strong for them today. And he's been on the attack, like I think the last, he's been in the break about two or three times. And it's the Bora Hansgrove rider, Patrick Conrad. And he soloed in out of that 14 man group for maybe the last 35 or 40 kilometers for a crazy win from the Austrian champ and a quote from him here this is my first world tour win and it's in the biggest race of the world I'm really speechless this victory is for my family for my friends for all the believers for also for Bora Hansgrove who believed in me to win a stage in the champion's jersey makes me really proud he wasn't far off thanking the Lord Saviour Jesus Christ praise the Lord uh, yeah look it's extra special when you think that Sagan has gone home and a lot of these teams are built around that one marquee rider and the other riders can be left feeling like, you know, they don't matter, feeling like they're only there in service of Sagan. And then so to see Patrick Conrad going on the attack the last few days, it's been really, it's been really fascinating to watch. And especially after the crash he had in the first weeks, how he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I think that's what was so fascinating about it. We've also seen these long range attacks working quite well in this Tour de France. The long-range attacks are gone, and then the remaining breakaway, in this case the other 13 escapees, they can't seem to get organised. They can't get the chase organised behind. It's almost like no one wants to commit. This is the same dynamic in any breakaway when someone attacks. So this isn't Tour de France specific. But I'm just thinking out loud here is the extra pressure of the Tour and the extra scrutiny and the extra prize money and prestige that goes with winning the Tour magnifying this problem. So in any breakaway, when someone attacks... The rider that's attacked, he's able to put out full commitment. There's no one on his wheel. Every single what he's putting out is for himself. The group behind that's chasing, you have this weird sort of dynamic in the relationship going. They're competitors, yes, but they need to change their relationship briefly to collaborators. They need to put out this collective effort. But at the same time as they're putting out a collective effort, everyone wants to gain a small bit of an edge on the other riders in this collective. So if we can catch Conrad today, but I can spend a little bit less energy than Bling Matthews, I'm going to be in a better position in the finish. So I don't fully commit. So what we see is this game of bluff where everybody is putting out a little bit less energy than their absolute best effort in the hope that they still catch Conrad and now they're fresher. But because everybody is playing this game of bluff, they're not catching them. And these long-range escapes are going to the finish. And I wonder, is that just because there's more on the line at the Tour de France that we're seeing this more and more often? This is a problem, you know, this is the breakaway experiences this problem in local races, regional races, national races, all the way up to pro. It's not unique, but it just seems like it's playing out in the favour of these long-range attacks more and more over the course of this Tour de France. 
One rider who's absolutely astounding and amazing me at this tour is Sonny Cobrelli. The Italian champion, he's a sprinter. He's going in the break in hard mountain stages. He's contested bunch sprints. He's going for stages. He's going for intermittent sprints. He's absolutely everywhere and he hasn't got much out of the race yet. I wouldn't bet against him taking a stage on the road into Paris now. Uh, in other news, uh, Lachlan Morton has finished the Tour de France. Uh, Lachlan obviously raising money for charity, riding the Alt Tour 5,510 5, kilometers. He is one crazy motherfucker. I'd love to get him on the podcast. Uh, 5,510 kilometers. So he rode the transfers as well. 18 days, 220 hours of riding. And he finished this morning at 5 a.m. with a few laps of the Champs Elysees and had himself champagne for breakfast at 5 a.m. He'd been riding portions of that in a sandal. He's a madman. Today's stage finished up. Patrick Conrad, the Austrian champion, as I said, from Bora Hansgrove, winning in four hours. Sonny Cobrelli nudging Michael Matthews for second place. Matthews taking third. GC was an absolute snooze fest. Bar Wout van Aert having some, you know, he was touched on the shoulder by a ghost and told to ride on the way in. He said he thought Carapaz was down the back. Carapaz was sitting fourth wheel, bro. What are you talking about? Uh, so I don't know what that Wout van Aert riding in was about. I don't think anyone knew. Commentators didn't know. Other riders didn't know. It was just pure baffling. But we leave that aside because it was just a... The act of a madman. Uh, Pogaccia is leading the race. Look, Pogaccia's cruising. We've been saying it since week one. Rigoberto Aran's at 5.18. Vindegaard's at 5.32. Carapaz at 5.33. And Ben O'Connor's at 5.58. GC battle is done and dusted. Although we are heading into GC territory tomorrow. I suspect we'll see Pogaccia put more of a stamp on the race. We might see a shake-up in the podium. That's a real entertainment we have to look forward tomorrow. We have to call the Peter Seward on the menu. It's a first cat tomorrow. And we're finishing up the horse category climb tomorrow of Saint-Larie-Soulaine. And it's 178.4 kilometers on the menu tomorrow. It feels like the Pyrenees has just gone on and on and on in this race. Roadman... Please continue to support the podcast. It's over on patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. That makes such a huge difference. It's like supporting a small shop as opposed to going to Amazon. It's really important in post-pandemic times to support these small enterprises. And every time you do support the podcast, I promise you, it puts a smile on my face. It's the price of a beer once a month. If you've seen me out around City, I'm sure you'd buy me a beer. I've seen a few of you guys at coffee shops and people have offered to pay for coffee because they're enjoying the podcast. And that's greatly appreciated. But the way to express that, it's through a Patreon. It's a fiver once a month and I get you access to the secret podcast as well, which I'll be dropping straight after the Tour de France. Uh, also continue sharing the podcast is brilliant i love seeing some dude it's in one someone's in berlin someone's in paris someone's in toronto someone's in dublin listening to the podcast in their local coffee shop out with their local group ride snap a picture of it tag us on it hit me on instagram at roadman.cycland i'll share it as well you can get your little 60 seconds of fame roadman thanks for listening ride safe and i'm gonna chat to you again tomorrow Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14-day Kickstart Challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge 
to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.